0: Just a quick trigger warning for you guys. Obviously, you should be able to tell from the title of this episode, but we will be talking about drugs throughout this episode, including addiction and misuse. For free and confidential advice about alcohol and other drugs, call the National Alcohol and Other Drug Hotline on 1-800-250-015 or or for 24/7 crisis support regarding substance abuse, misuse or addiction, call Lifeline on 131114. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode. I hope everyone has had a fantastic week. I have not done much this week. I've been a little bit boring, so nothing really to report for me. There is something that I want to add in here before we get going on today's episode, though, and I want to recommend something. Now, this is the first ever recommendation that I've ever put on this podcast, and I know I am very late to the party here, but I have been reading Limitless by Jim Quick, which is a book about how to enhance your brain power and improve learning and improve those kinds of skills that maybe we think we are not born with or you know the limits that we put on ourselves kind of understanding that Now, I've had this for a really long time, this book, and I tried to read it probably like a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago, and it just didn't happen. I just honestly don't think I was ready to read it. And then I've started reading it again recently, and I'm smashing through it. I think I've learned a lot in the last year about self-acceptance and not putting yourself into a box, especially when it comes to things like ability to just do things. And I think it's just an awesome read. It really makes you think about... ways in which we limit ourselves every single day probably without even realizing it a lot of the time as well so if you are kind of on that train and you are interested in learning about those things i would definitely give limitless by jim quick a read if you have read it all come and let's talk about it let me know what you thought about it i love discussing the books that i read afterwards um and i don't know anyone in my life that has read this so if you have let's chat. Come to my Instagram, send me a message. I'm excited. But anyway, let's get into today's episode. So today we are talking about ketamine. Now I've covered a few Drugs within the episodes already. So, I did one of my first ones actually, I think, was on cannabis. I did another one on cocaine. I've done an alcohol one. So, there's been a few already. They are all going to be structured very similarly. Similarly? (laughs) There are some words I just cannot say, Uh, but you know what I mean. Um, So, if you've listened to those ones, this should be quite familiar in the way that I've structured this. Should be uh, hopefully very easy for everyone to understand. And as I always say with these episodes, a lot of schools, or you know, we talk about education around around drugs and alcohol, and sometimes the approach is to say just don't do it. Right, like substances like cocaine and cannabis are illegal. Ketamine's a little bit different because it is legal uh, in when it's being administered for anaesthetic. Um, in a hospital or something with a prescription Uh, however it is illegal to use recreationally and obviously that still happens as well Um, and I think it's important to cover these topics just so people are aware of you know the risks are aware of the effects and they know what to do if if something happens or if someone is using the drug and you need to be you know aware of the signs and the symptoms of overdose and of a K-hole, which is something that can happen on ketamine, which we will of course talk about. So let's dive right on in. What is ketamine? Ketamine is classified as a dissociative drug, and this is because it causes a person to feel quite detached from reality and can cause visual and auditory distortions as well, or hallucinations. Now, ketamine was first used in the 1960s as a sedative, and it is still normally used by doctors or vets as a painkiller or an anesthetic, and it is currently actually also being studied as a medication for depression. This is according to Health Direct. In addition to this, though, it is also often used recreationally by people, and that's obviously illegal as well. And they do this to get high. Now, this is quite common today in clubs and at raves. And this originally started happening around the 1980s. Now, today we are going to focus on the illegal taking of ketamine. So the the party culture around it and how people take it to get high and the health effects of that. Now, when it is bought illegally, it can come in a few forms. So the most common is a white powder that is snorted. There is also tablets, so it can be made into tablets. It can be dissolved into a clear liquid. And like most other drugs, they, it can be taken in many, many ways. So it can be swallowed, snorted, injected, inserted anally, or even smoked with cannabis or tobacco as well. Now, there are a few different names for ketamine. So it can be called Special K, Ket super K and people even call it horse trank. Now they call it horse trank because commonly vets use ketamine for animals like horses. However, they also use it for smaller animals like cats or guinea pigs as well. So it's not just horses, but it has got this name because of that reason. Now, because ketamine is used for many different things legally as well, it's a bit easier for people to get their hands on it to then resell recreationally. So because it is actually produced commercially, people can steal or even have it diverted from legitimate sources and then resell it at raves or parties or in street sales. Now illicit drug use is on the rise according to the Australian Institute of Health and Welfare. So for example, In 2016 to 2019, there was an increase in the use of ketamine from 0.4% to 0.9%. Now that's a fair bit less than other drugs, for example, cannabis. Uh, rose from about 10.4% to 11.6%. So many, many more people are using cannabis. It is actually the, the most common illicit drug used in Australia. However, does that mean that we shouldn't worry about ketamine? No, because it is still on the rise. So let's move on now to talk about the effects of ketamine on the body. Now, the effects will depend on the dosage taken and the individual. So as talked about in many of the episodes on drugs, they do affect everyone differently. This therefore means that there is no safe level of illicit drug use, as you definitely cannot know exactly what you are putting into your body. Some of the factors that will influence how ketamine will affect you include your size, weight, and health, the amount that you've taken, the strength of the drug, the whether you use it a lot or not very often, and whether you've taken other drugs or drank alcohol at the same time. Now, according to the Alcohol and Drug Foundation or ADF, some more common effects of ketamine include feeling quite happy and relaxed, feeling numb and disoriented or drowsy, experiencing hallucinations. So these again are both auditory and visual. You may find that you have an increased heart rate and increased blood pressure. Slurred speech is very common. On the kind of other end of the spectrum there, you can experience quite severe anxiety and panic. Vomiting can occur as well. And you can also experience feelings of detachment. And this is otherwise known as a K-hole. So let's talk about that. What is a K-hole? This is the toxic effect of ketamine use, and there have actually been many deaths associated with ketamine overdose. Ketamine is quite a hard drug to dose when using it recreationally because it is quite hard to know how much is too much. This means that overdoses can occur even after a small amount is taken, and many occur accidentally when people actually attempt to get themselves into a K-hole. So in saying that, it would make sense that K-holes normally occur when the drug is taken in much higher doses. Now, according to Healthline, it can be described as feeling almost above your body or like you're melting into your surroundings. Now, this might actually be pleasant for some people or completely terrifying for others. Now, based on the anecdotal evidence found in this article from Healthline, some people said that a K-hole experience is almost like a near-death experience. They feel like they're going to die. Now, it can cause people to feel extremely paranoid, confused, dissociated, and disoriented, or they might just fall asleep. It may also cause some physical effects of not being able to speak or move your muscles, it can cause involuntary rapid eye movement, salivation, dilated pupils, tear secretions, and muscle stiffening. Vomiting can also occur as well. And it's important to kind of recognize these signs as well, in case you ever have to help a friend or someone else in this state. And once again, it is impossible to predict person to person what's actually going to happen when you take ketamine. Everyone is different and you've got no idea how you or one of your friends or anyone else might react. Now, contrary to all of this, Some people in a K-hole may also become quite violent and agitated, which means that they're not only putting themselves at risk of harm or injury, but actually putting other people at risk of harm and injury as well. It's important to note here as well that this is not only something that can occur when taken recreationally, but people can also actually have quite negative or scary experiences when taking ketamine in really low doses or even as prescribed by a doctor. Now, I briefly touched on mixing ketamine with other drugs. So what does that actually look like? What does that actually mean? Now, mixing multiple drugs together is often actually referred to as polydrug use. So this is when a person uses either illicit or legal drugs together. Now, again, ketamine is a highly unpredictable drug and mixing it with other drugs like alcohol can cause enormous effects on the heart, which increases the risk of cardiovascular problems. This is the same for other very common illicit drugs like cannabis and cocaine as well. According to the article, CK Design Cocktail, New Speedball is the Grim Reaper, brain dopaminergic surge, a potential death sentence from the Journal of Systems and Integrative Neuroscience, wow, what a mouthful, mixing cocaine and ketamine, otherwise known as CK or Calvin Klein, can cause violent behaviors, heart problems, bad trips, psychotic episodes, strokes, and even death. This study was actually prompted after a 17 year old girl died after taking a fatal dose of CK. So it is very, very serious. And these things happen every day. It's important to be really, really aware of the dangers of mixing drugs. So how long do the effects that we just talked about last? The effects of ketamine can last anywhere between 45 to 90 minutes, but this totally depends on the dose and the individual. For some people, the effects might last hours, and for others, there have been reports of effects lasting for days. Now, because of the way that ketamine affects the chemicals in our brains, which I will talk about soon, people may experience a comedown. Now, according to the National Drug and Alcohol Research Center, a comedown can result in memory loss or impaired judgment, disorientation, clumsiness, and even depression. Alright, moving on now, let's talk about some of the more long-term health effects. So, frequent use of ketamine can, of course, affect you both physically and mentally. According to the American Addiction Centers, repeated use can cause damage to major organs such as the liver and the kidneys, the brain, and the digestive tract. It can also cause memory deficits, mood swings, seizures, bladder and urination issues, and, of course, overdose. Now, a more serious long-term effect is dependency or tolerance to the drug. So this means that a person needs the drug or needs to take heaps more of the drug in order to feel the effects. Psychological dependence causes people to crave the drug or become quite distressed without it. This can, of course, also affect social health, as people might find that they need it to socialize or be around others, or they can't go out, for example, and drink alcohol without using the drug. Again, come downs or even weaning off the drug and going through withdrawal can cause anxiety, depression, and insomnia for some people. So let's talk about some of the effects separately. So I'll firstly talk about some physical ones and then some mental ones. So some physical effects of ketamine. Not only can it cause damage to the bodily systems and organs like we just touched on before, like the kidneys, the heart, the brain, the digestive tract, a huge one that can occur is bladder damage. And this is because ketamine actually can cause major inflammation to the bladder. Now this might look like painful urination, trouble urinating, cloudy or bloody urine, or even incontinence. Now again, according to the American Addiction Centers, ketamine can also cause ulcerative cystitis. And this is when ulcers are formed in the walls of the bladder. So basically it stops a person being able to hold urine and it is also extremely painful. Now, while this can be treated, it isn't always reversible. And the main way to treat this is to stop ketamine use in those who are abusing the drug. Moving on to some mental effects. Now, these include things like decreased sociability, attentional disorders. So we talked about how it impairs our concentration or memory. It may also cause flashbacks or psychosis, and it can trigger mental health illnesses like schizophrenia for those who are predisposed to that illness. Moving on now, we're going to talk a little bit about whether you can become addicted. Yes, you absolutely can become addicted to ketamine. And like any addiction, it is very hard to overcome without help. Now, ketamine is especially hard to overcome because of how it affects the brain and the multiple chemical changes that occur as a result. Now, according to Addiction Center, signs of ketamine addiction include increasing use of the drug. And now, again, this is generally because people have an increased tolerance Spending excessive amounts of money and obsessing over taking the drug or feeling like you miss it when you don't have it. Failing to fulfill your other life responsibilities. So this might look like failing to show up for work or not doing your job properly or even not going to school and neglecting other important aspects of your life. So instead of going to see your mates or see your family, you decide to take the drug instead. Another important thing to cover here is how long does it actually stay in your system if you do decide to take this drug? So, again, plenty of factors that will affect this. These include age, body mass, again, drug dosage, and how the drug is taken as well. Ketamine can stay in your blood for up to 72 hours, in the hair for up to a month, in the saliva for up to 24 hours, and in the urine for up to 14 days. Now, it's important to remember that these are just very, very general. So again, like I said, it's going to depend on the person. And it's also important to remember what I talked about earlier that anecdotally, there has been some people who have said that they've felt the effects of ketamine for days later. So you can still be under the effects of the drug for a really long time after you've taken it and that is really important when it comes to driving a car or operating machinery or doing your job depending on what that is and what you have to do. You may not be fit to do any of those things even days later. So please if you are one of those people listening to this who maybe uses ketamine already or is thinking about using it in the future, keep that in mind. All right, let's move on now and talk about a bit of the brain and the neurological processes that happen when you're using ketamine. Now this is all according to New Frontier Psychiatry, so ketamine affects many systems in the brain and it has been shown to significantly accumulate dopamine in the brain, which can lead to a hard and fast come down like we talked about before. But most importantly, ketamine affects the glutamate system. Now, glutamate is a neurotransmitter that allows neurons in the brain to communicate. When someone is under the effect of ketamine, it blocks glutamate, which is why it is actually very, very effective as an anesthetic. In lower doses, however, glutamate production actually increases, and this causes people to hallucinate or become disoriented. And as we've just talked about these are more the effects that you see when it is used recreationally now ketamine can also help to build new connections between neurons when the dose is administered properly so for people experiencing long-term depression they can actually lose these connections over time but when a dose of ketamine is again administered properly they have seen effects begin to reverse and ketamine can actually help regenerate these neural connections. Now again, this is still all being tested when using it for depression and mental health issues, especially because we don't fully understand the long and short-term effects of using the drug in this way and the effects that ketamine has on the other parts of the brain as well it's important to remember that ketamine is a very unpredictable drug. So once again, like we talked about in the cocaine or the cannabis episode, mixing alcohol and ketamine actually increases the likelihood of people experiencing fatal cardiovascular problems. And you do not have to take a lot for this to happen. It doesn't matter if you take the drug a lot or if you've never tried it. All of these things can happen just on a one-time basis. However, and this is the same thing that I have said in previous drug-related episodes, if you do decide to take this drug, it is important to know how to reduce the risks. Now, this includes things like going slow. So using only a bit at a time before taking more, not mixing the drug with other drugs or alcohol, only using with people that you trust and making sure that you keep an eye on the people around you and your mates. If you were ever going to inject any kind of drug, never share needles. Of course, we know that this can increase bloodborne viruses such as HIV. Make sure you eat, even if you don't feel like it. Take a break from time to time. And most importantly, Call an ambulance if things get bad. That is triple zero in Australia. You will never get into trouble for asking for help. Ambulance officers are not police officers and do not necessarily have to contact the police. It is always better to make sure the people around you and yourself are safe and are going to be looked after rather than being scared that you're going to get in trouble. At the end of the day, you're going to be in more trouble if something really serious happens to a friend or someone that you are with. On that note, let's talk a little bit about helping your friends or stopping using the drug, even if you're not using it in a way that you think is any sign of dependence or addiction. Now, we know if you've listened to previous eps... You will know this as well, that drugs are associated with mental health problems and can increase the likelihood of developing mental health illnesses like anxiety disorders or depression. Now, at the end of the day, no one should be taking illegal substances. And that is obviously what we teach young people. But does this mean that it just never happens? No. And it's not really realistic to sit there and just use the approach of just don't do it. So if you are someone who chooses to take a substances like ketamine, it's important to, at the very, very least, understand the full effects and know how to help your friends. And of course, it's totally okay to be that person who goes, hey, let's go out this weekend and not do any drugs, especially if you have recognized dependence either in yourself or the people around you that you care about. And if that's the case, talk to your mates about it too. We should all be aiming to be healthier and smarter with our health and the choices that we make. Now, some strategies to avoid taking the drug or maybe to help or distract someone in your life from taking the drug could include things like hanging out and finding a hobby where drug taking just is not possible. Getting out in nature is really important here as well. Seeking help from professionals, so making sure that you contact people who can help you in the field. So that could be a mental health professional, that could just be your local GP. Again, if you are a bit younger and you're worried about maybe your parents knowing or anything like that, doctors have patient confidentiality agreements, so they cannot tell anyone about what you went in for if you are over the age of 14. From the age of 14, you have your own, you can have your own MyGov and you can have your own health documents or access to those without a parent having to see. So I thought that's really important to add in there as well. If people are scared of going and maybe getting help or just even asking questions about it, your doctor or whoever you go to is there to help you and not to get you in trouble or any of those things. Now, in addition to that, make sure that you always eat well and stay hydrated. Do not ever underestimate how quickly that this can make you feel better or feel good. Creating an exercise routine may be really helpful as well. You don't really want to exercise when you're not feeling good or if you are taking drugs or if you are, you know, going out all the time. So creating goals around that might be really helpful. Incorporating stress management systems like exercise again, talking to people, or meditation into practice. A lot of people are also getting up and swimming in the cold or having ice baths now too. Um, So that could be something that you could try. And just remind yourself and others that life does not just have to be going out and getting messed up all the time. I think people have the mentality that when you're young, you almost have to do this. And you've kind of failed to think about the long-term damage or repercussions, but they are very real, especially when it comes to illicit drug use. And just a reminder here as well, when you are trying to help someone else in your life with drug addiction or drug dependency, even when people know they have a problem, it can be really, really difficult for people to change their habits or recognize that there is an issue in the first place. So If you are worried about a friend or a family member's drug use it is of course important to talk to the people around you that you trust or again consult a professional and get some advice on how to approach the issue with them now this can be as simple as just letting the person know that you are there to support them and then potentially even providing them with other options of support as well be patient, be understanding, and encourage them with any changes or positive changes that they make in their life. Remember, and I've said this before, addiction is a disease and it's important to take care of yourself as well as the person that you are supporting. Organizations like Lifeline are there for support 24-7 on 131114 or at www.lifeline.org.au. That is all for today's episode. Thank you, as always, for listening in. If you enjoyed this episode and feel like you learned something, please click that follow button and come and join me on Instagram at The Health Classes You Missed. I hope that you learned something and that you feel more informed about the use and risks of ketamine remember, drugs affect everyone differently. Drugs like ketamine are especially unpredictable. So look after yourselves, look after your mates, have a wonderful week, everyone. And I'll be back very, very soon. See you later.